Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's your week going? Oh, it is phenomenal. It's fine. (laughs) I think we both are feeling a little bit better uh, because we got that first vax shot. We did. And yes, we did look to see if Medieval Times is open. And sadly, they are not. Tragically, Medieval Times did not orient their entire opening around us specifically getting our vaccines. But one day, one day we'll get there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I hate shots. I'm afraid of needles, uh, but I was thrilled to go and get it. I did, of course, tell the person administering the shot, I'm not good with needles. <laughs> it's like, this is quick, right? <laughs> it's sort of like all of the fanfare around getting a vaccine. I sort of like, you know, I wasn't actually thinking all that much about how like, oh, yeah, I have to go get like a shot in my, in my arm <laughs> and it's going to be a needle and it's going to kind of hurt. Um, obviously worth it. Oh, a hundred thousand percent. I got mine at the Javits Center, which was so strange because it, it's, it's like run by the military, it, which is like, so it's very like cinematic. You walk into this big space and there's all these people. And I think that location, the Javits Center, they are vaccinating like 9,000 people a day or something. Incredible. It was more emotional, I think, less like the actual getting the shot and more just like being in a room with hundreds of other people (laughs) and not feeling fear. Yeah. I just went to a CVS and it was just like a great, easy experience. I got there so early that they said, please leave and come back. But I was terrified (laughs) of being late because I haven't like had to be on time and be on a subway and all of that. Yeah, I I had the same experience of um, forgetting like, oh, yeah, I have to leave this far ahead of time in order to be on time. <laughs> yeah. I had the opposite experience where I was like, fuck, I'm going to be 30 minutes late. I hope I well, can classic. still get it. <laughs> and guess what? I did. I'm thrilled. All right. Obviously, we'll start today with worst things first. 
because that's what's first, where I chat about the uh, stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. But after that, we're diving deep into how insane it is that we're just expected to do things. The things start coming and they don't stop coming, okay? <laughs> just anything. I should be allowed to sit around and do absolutely nothing, but instead, I'm supposed to be like motivated to move and be productive? No, I won't have it and you shouldn't have to deal with it either. And then finally, we have actor Arturo Castro on the pod. We know him and love him as Jaime on Broad City and his Comedy Central sketch show Alternatino with Arturo Castro. And now he stars in the new Netflix movie Yes Day with Jen Gardner. That's he kept he kept casually referring to her as Jen and I made fun of him for it. <laughs> <laughs> Super casual. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first, let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, guests at a fully booked resort hotel in Kissimmee, Florida. Only in Florida. These guests were flabbergasted, okay? Let me tell you, they're flabbers gasted. I've never uh, thought about the <laughs> word. <laughs> after they were all kicked out, Without a refund during spring break when the hotel just abruptly decided to shut down. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'll just get this out ahead of this story. Not to victim blame, but maybe you shouldn't have been in Florida during spring break. Okay? <laughs> I'll say that right away. In the middle of a fucking pandemic. Okay. Apparently, this hotel, Champions World Resort... Which I did Google, did see pictures of. They are throwing the words World Resort around very loosely. I'd also say champion. All of the words that they're using to describe themselves, not entirely accurate in this man's opinion. Okay. But you know what? Aspirational. Talk about yourself the way you want to be talked about, you know, become the person you want to be. Sure, 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 sure. I'm going to name myself Champions World homosexual <laughs> that is where i'm where i'm after yes anyway apparently the hotel had been sold that day all, all of the guests were kicked out and all of the employees were fired oh no <laughs> so okay i should skip ahead and say it took me a little while to figure out what the fuck actually happened because <laughs> i was like <laughs> why why did this who was this not a real hotel i love that this turned into a full-fledged investigation for i you. investigated it and by that i mean i googled it and opened up another article that explained what happened and the orlando sentinel uh reported that so the hotel was like in negotiations to be sold for months, mm. it's been in negotiations. And the the seller, the current owner, uh, just kept the hotel open throughout the entire process, even though it was like coming down to the sell day. And he kept getting extensions. And I guess finally, the, the buyer was like, okay, I'll give you an extra like three weeks so that the guests can stay there, but you have to cover the insurance for the guests. And the insurance company was like, no. <laughs> and then the next day, the sale went through. And then the buyer showed up with like a construction crew. And the hotel was full of guests still. 
So oh, then the good. owner had to be like, okay, everybody's got to get out. And also you're all fired. Oh, Jesus. Mr. Rose would never. No. Okay. Yeah. Rosebud Motel would absolutely never treat their guests like this. Mm-mm. But also it's like, maybe you should not have booked your fucking hotel when it's about to be sold. It's all about the money. That's just like, oh, I'm selling this dildo. And the, the night before I'm riding it like there's no tomorrow. Literally. <laughs> Famously reused, handed down through generations, mm, still those are. It's a beautiful family heirloom. Uh, anyway, yeah. So all of the guests, uh, they told the local news that uh, employees just started going door to door and saying, you have uh, by four o'clock to get out and pack your bags. <laughs> and this is like in the middle of a spring break. So there's really no other hotels like everywhere is booked up. Um, guests were saying uh, that they were calling around other hotels. They were all booked to capacity. I truly am baffled, again, uh, not to victim blame, but I do feel like all of these people made a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I cannot imagine being at a hotel and then being like, you have to get out anyway. Next! A cat nicknamed Bat Cat in Indiana spent almost an entire week stuck 70 feet up a tree until a local bar decided to raise money to chop it down. I feel like when we were children, the idea of the firefighters helping a cat down a tree was just shoved down our throats. And this is not the first story that we've had uh-huh. where a cat is stuck up a tree or in a high place. And, they, and seemingly there's just nothing to be done about it. Yeah, I'm very confused about, like, the infrastructure uh, around saving cats. Yeah, Biden must be taking care of this. Right. There has to be, like, a couple trillion dollars set Mm -hmm. aside for saving cats. Yeah, I'm very confused. So let's back up. Apparently, this cat was just stuck up a tree for several days. Everybody knew it was there. Um, And then some customer, I guess, mentioned it at the High Score Saloon a local bar in Evansville, Indiana. So yeah, uh, this customer mentioned that the cat was stuck up there at the High Score Saloon, once again, in the middle of a pandemic, not judging, but I am judging. (laughs) Um, And then the bar owners decided to pledge $200 towards the bill for a tree service company to come out and rescue the cat. That's very nice. I don't understand, like you said, where's the fire department? Like, who are you supposed to call? Do you, Wouldn't you call animal control? Like, this has to be common enough where there is a system in place. Yeah, and also, like, if the tree service company is the only option, not, not to push my, like, pinko commie agenda, <laughs> isn't it weird that the tree service company, like, just wouldn't rescue a cat for free? It just it, it's gonna charge <laughs> someone to save this cat that's stuck seventy feet in the air. <laughs> I don't know. Then it got me thinking too much about like how we pay for ambulances and healthcare should be free, <laughs> but also saving cats should be free. It's just <laughs> weird that it took several days of this cat being stuck for a bar to be like we should we'll put up the money to get this cat down so it doesn't die <laughs> in a tree. But here's the thing. This tree service company comes out and what did they do? They chopped down the limb that he was clinging to, sending him 70 feet what? to the ground. And then it got impaled. No, no, And then no. the whole community of Evansville came together and uh, put him over a, a fire like a marshmallow. 
and they ate him. No. And he was delicious. That's that's no, not it's true. Not. He did survive the fall. Thank goodness. 70 feet is seven stories. That's seven floors. It's a large ass tree also, by the way. Shout out to that tree for being so damn tall. Yeah, yeah. So apparently they did initially raise a bucket to try to grab it, like a, a ladder, a bucket truck mm-hmm. or whatever, like the fire department would have. Okay. But the cat was too tired and scared to move. Relatable. So they cut the limb that the cat was on, plunging him seven stories. I just feel like there was a better way, but you know what? It all worked out. Uh, Bat cat was fine, but he did need some medical attention because he was dehydrated and weak from hunger after being in a tree for a whole week. Understandable. Yeah. So the high score saloon, for some reason, the... (laughs) The hero of this story <laughs> is uh, raising donations to pay for his veterinary care. And finally, not in Florida for once, even though everyone thought it, a six foot water monitor lizard captivated the nation, nay, the world, when it barged into a 7 Eleven in Thailand and scaled the shelves. Between the drink cooler and the slushy machine was captured on video and shared all across Twitter and the internet. A it thing was of beauty. Horrifying. Oh <laughs> a my horrifying God. thing of beauty, I would say. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it is a terrifying thing to witness, uh, mostly because, first of all, if I'm in a 7 Eleven, I'm already. Wasted. Something has gone s- severely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under some kind of duress. Yeah, I'm escaping something um, that might be my own demons, but I'm something has gone wrong to find me in a 7-Eleven. And then this giant Godzilla-like monster comes storming in (laughs) to purchase something. Absolutely not. This is very much like, you know, you watch like a cartoon where like people live alongside, you know, animals that talk. Uh Uh-huh. My dream. God, all I wanted to be was Eliza Thornberry when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I don't remember anything about that show. Okay, she talked to animals. That's pretty much all you need to know. And she was my dream. And I love her. Yeah. But you know what? I probably wouldn't want to talk to this animal. No, yeah. This would have been your chance to be Eliza Thornberry. And you w- wouldn't have the guts. <laughs> so basically, this giant lizard is seen climbing up a shelf. If you didn't see the video, is knocking a bunch of items down um, until it reaches the top and just rests there. And according to witnesses, the lizard... Stayed up there on top of the shelves for at least an hour. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just chilling. A member of the staff said that uh, while the animal was guided out of the shop, rescuers did not catch it. It just ran away into the bushes. Oh, my God. Wow. What a 15 minutes of fame. I, I really like what this lizard's doing, you know? Yeah, I also love that immediately everybody was like, typical Florida. (laughs) And for (laughs) once, for once in that state's horrifying history, this (laughs) is not to blame on Florida. Although, to be fair, let's face it, this probably happened like 50 times in Florida in the last (laughs) week. And it just wasn't captured on camera. Right. Because people were too busy getting kicked out of their hotels. Monitor lizards generally reside in swamps and woodlands, uh, and they're excellent swimmers, but occasionally they do wander into urban areas, especially during daytime. 
And especially if they smell food. So Yeah, especially if they know that the slushy machine is working. Right. They're like, I need myself a little mix of slushy. I need a big gulp. Slushy machine on. Okay, taquitos fucking rotating. <laughs> Hot dogs, they are glistening. Moist <laughs> and shiny. Uh, boner pills, flowing. <laughs> I love when they're just right next to the register. I just don't know who is buying that and do they work? I'm just too, I would always be too afraid of using anything like that. I still don't entirely understand how like Viagra works. Mm. Like exactly what it does to your blood cells that makes you have an erection that lasts for longer than four hours. Right. I mean, I don't know how my antidepressants work, but I still take them every day. Fair, fair. I shouldn't question it, and I should just take the -the over-the-counter 7-Eleven boner pills. Yes, that is the message. Whether or not I need it. Maybe that's why this lizard was there. Yeah. Okay, and he, yeah, he did go hide in a corner for an hour because he was embarrassed. And this is a lesson for everybody. You don't have to go on a rampage, knock a bunch of stuff off the shelf. (laughs) Just confidently buy the boner pills. (laughs) And on that note, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into how little I want to do literally anything. Okay, I don't. I don't. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, before we get into our topic today, just a quick note to let you know that today's deep dive is brought to you by depression. Feeling happy and motivated? Does does life seem A-OK? Try depression. More popular now than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got it. Um, yeah, basically everything in this deep dive is just like depression manifesting itself in my body and spirit. Um, but hey, we've been in a fucking pandemic for a year. And even though we're almost out of it, we're getting near the end. It's still ravaged all of our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So real talk. One thing I have been feeling this week is this weird sense of pressure to, um, like do things. Mm. Just, you know, everyone all the time expecting me to do stuff. And I don't even, I don't mean it in like, oh, I'm being peer pressured into smoking drugs. But like, I don't know. Yeah, the world does feel like it's starting to get ready to maybe return back to normal. You know, it's spring outside. It's getting warmer and sunnier. The days are getting longer. We got that vaccine running through our veins, teaching our bodies jujitsu. Mm-hmm, that's exactly what it does. <sighs> On the molecular level, yes. Mm-hmm. It's teaching, it's teaching all of my cells. Here's what you, it's showing them a picture of coronavirus and saying, here's what you do when you see this bitch. <laughs> you kick his ass. So with all of that being said, it feels like I should be motivated. Like I should be feeling those pre-pandemic levels of like energy. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, you know, when, when it's sunny out and also like the world, like it, it feels like my, uh, like, excuse to not do stuff to just like slow down and only worry about surviving is starting to go away. And now I actually have to do stuff that adults have to do like work and pay my bills and clothe and feed myself and be social and (sighs) everything that takes energy. Okay. And guess what? I don't want to do shit because doing stuff is hard. 
So as we return to this world in which we all have to do stuff or uh, really continue to exist in a world in which we have to do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Most people have just been continuing to do stuff. I wanted to dive deep into the worst things about trying to do stuff. Okay. Because doing stuff sucks. First of all, most things Take, like, multiple steps to do, okay? This is my problem with the to-do list, because it is never simple. It's never just, you know, one item. It's never just clean. That sounds like, okay, clean my apartment. Well, that's one item on my to-do list. It's nice and easy until you realize that that one thing actually has about a thousand sub-steps that each take about 50 minutes. It's like high school math tests, you know, where the teacher is like, oh, there's only three questions. It's easy. But then all of the questions are like 1A through 1B. <laughs> and it's like, okay, do you think this is a fucking joke? You think I'm going to play your riddles? Also, the like, it's such a fine balance on a to-do list where you want the to-do list to be like enough things on it where it's satisfying to check it off. But if there are too many things on it, you're actually not going to do the things like it is even exactly. more of a deterrent. Right, right. Uh, I also need to organize a to-do list so that the things that I am checking off do not feel like too much of an accomplishment, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because sometimes I'll be like, well, I posted on Instagram today. So <laughs> which really is, is the, the fact is things take too long to do. I have a finite amount of energy these days. OK, every day, really. But the tank is especially low lately. And let's just say I don't have the energy to do anything that takes longer than like five minutes. <laughs> Next, doing one thing usually means I have to do another thing, right? If I reply to an email, then it's like they reply back. It's like, great. Now I have to reply to another email. (laughs) If I decide, okay, I'm going to bake a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. And it's like, great. Now I have to wash a bunch of dirty dishes. I don't even want to think about my sink right now. It is disgusting. I didn't clean up last night after dinner. Alex made a beautiful eggplant parmesan. And usually the rule in the house is whoever doesn't cook is the one who cleans up. And I Uh I should have. There was no reason. I instead just decided to like lay on the couch and read. And I didn't clean up. And it is it is horrible. And I guess what? We'll be pushing it off until tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I've had to do that thing. Um, It's just such a slippery slope. I think the like threshold for, oh my God, things are insurmountably out of control is so low. (laughs) So if there's more than like four dishes in the sink, I'm just like, oh my God, this is way too much. I might as well just pile it on and on and on. Exactly. And then just do it in like one big dish clean situation where you can listen to a whole podcast when you do it. Instead of like, what, am I going to get like five minutes of this podcast? No, I need to get in the whole thing. Yeah, it's really my problem is that things have consequences (laughs) and and I don't like them, right? Like if I watch one Chris Hemsworth workout video on Instagram, it's like, okay, now I have to like take a shower to wash off all of the bodily juices that have come (laughs) out of me. And it's just not, I don't want to have to deal with all of that. 
Also, usually I don't even get credit for, for doing basic stuff. Like, great, I washed all the dishes. Where's the applause? Okay, where's the prize? Where's my certificate of honor? Where is my key to the city? I have just put all of this onto Alex where I'm just like, I need to tell you every time I do anything, not so that you are grateful, but so that like I get validation for having done it. Because if I don't get that validation, it's like, did I even do the thing? Right, right. It is what I like a lot about the idea of like love languages uh, of like communicating that like this is how I need like what I require in order to feel validated. (laughs) And even though in your world, this might be absolutely ridiculous and unnecessary. That's what I require. I tell Alex every single day the type of workout that I did. I'm like, and then I did this and I had to do this crazy thing with my legs. And like he works out for like an hour and a half every single day. He like runs several miles. I've never once heard him tell me what he does. He just like, he doesn't need that. But you know what? He will listen to me. And that's what matters. Can you imagine someone describing running? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just like, how many miles? I'm like, and and, and, you know, like he never needs to tell me that (laughs) because he knows that he did it. Yeah. But like, I need it. And it should go without saying that everything that I am describing here in terms of doing things is not things that require that much energy. No, they're basic tasks. Right. These are things that require any energy, Mm -hmm. any more energy than simply lying on the couch. I literally told this to my therapist (laughs) as a a reason for like why I need to get rid of my phone and like delete everything off of it. Because in an ideal world, my choices would be like either lying on the couch and staring at the ceiling (laughs) or finding something to entertain myself with. Uh, The problem is... My options right now are lying on the couch and staring at a phone that keeps me endlessly stimulated (laughs) or getting up and doing things that require effort. And especially the past year, I have been trapped in uh, this wormhole (laughs) of my phone. Yeah. So the point is I like have to cut it off. Yeah. I have to lop off this thing because as long as the option of staring at a bunch of colors and pictures and moving shapes is an option, I'm going to choose that over doing tasks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, similarly, I know that people have been wondering, like, where is Barry on her disconnecting from the internet journey? And I'll tell you, I am fully back in. Um, <laughs> so I've just been spending so much time. And part of me is like, relax. Yep. Um, and part of me is like, what did I even do with the like time that I quote unquote gained back from being off my phone? Like, I don't feel like it was that different. Like, I didn't I didn't write a book. I didn't like do something crazy. <laughs> and I just like knew less about what was going on. Right. Right, right. And finally, I'm never just ready to do things. Okay, I have to get ready to do things. Sometimes I have to psych myself up for something by saying like, uh, okay, I'll do this in in 10 minutes from now. I'll do this thing. It'll be like 2.15. I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll do this at... 2.30, I'll start this thing. And then those 15 minutes just have the audacity to pass right by. (laughs) So now what? Now I have to say, okay, 2.45, 2.45, I'll start. (laughs) This is something I do on the regular. (laughs) I'm never ready to just get up and do something. I I have to wake up two hours before I have to get something because the hour that it takes me to get ready, 
I have to spend an hour just to get ready to get ready. Right, right. Yeah. Every morning, my morning routine is that Alex wakes up naturally at 630 and then he gets on his phone to do work from bed. And then I stay asleep until he starts to like gently wake me up around 745. And then I get out of bed at 8 a.m. It's a really nice routine where he is productive for an hour and a half doing almost the same (laughs) thing that I'm doing, but I'm asleep. But then on the morning that I became eligible for the vaccine, 6.30, the alarm went off because we said it. I immediately got out of bed. I grabbed my computer. I was logging on to the things. I signed up for CVS. And then uh, and he was like, how how is this possible? You <laughs> you are just up and out of bed. And I was like, well, yeah, because I need to sign up for the vaccine. He's like, but this could be every day. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> no. And then I went back to sleep afterwards. And it was great. Yeah, there is. Um, both of us listened to poog the podcast the best best podcast that isn't this podcast (laughs) yeah i i have reserved in my library app the eat the frog book that they have (gasps) talked about (laughs) because the idea the idea is like you wake up and you should get the worst thing that you have to do that day out of the way first right so that that task is not like looming over you the entire day paralyzing you all of these like productivity books are usually like do you can get up early and fit in everything in like a couple of hours and then like have the rest of your day. Wouldn't that be great? But the <laughs> issue with that is that sleep is amazing and that I love to be in bed. Yeah. That's the, nothing beats the feeling of climbing back into bed. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, I The literal like sexual moan that I let out <laughs> when I climb back into bed after being awake is... I do every time. I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It is absolutely amazing. Anyway, the point is doing things often sucks. And I would love to live my life like a peasant from 300 years ago and just worry about gathering water from the well and bringing it back every day and, you know, eating berries and fruits and just kind of being um, alive for like, I don't know how long they lived, 15, 16 years. Um, but anyway, I'll get through this. <laughs> we'll all get through this. The world will reopen and motivation will return. But in the meantime, things are hard and um, we shall recognize them as such. And that is it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Arturo Castro on the pod right after this commercial break. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. My guest complainer today is comedian, actor, Arturo Castro. You loved him in Broad City, Narcos, his own sketch show on Comedy Central, Alternatino with Arturo Castro, and most recently now on Netflix's Yesterday. Welcome. Yesterday. I believe it's pronounced Yesterday. <laughs> fair, fair. I, I should be more enthusiastic in my Yas production. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're coming strong with the hat game. If you want me to be perfectly honest, it's because I'm hiding a blemish <laughs> in the middle of a thing. And so, uh, you know, because you'll never get to say, don't look at it. It's his. Yeah. So, like, I figured why not just put the hat and make it look intentional. But now I've just given away my secret. So there you go. It, the hat the hat illusion is ruined. The identity of someone who uh, will only wear a hat because they didn't bother doing anything for their hair is is my identity. So Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I always feel very self-conscious when I if I post an Instagram that is like clearly from my apartment when I'm not I'm not doing any like clearly I'm not going out meeting anybody. Why am I wearing a hat in my own apartment? And <laughs> particularly a fedora. Like you can get away with a cat, but like a fedora, it's like who right, were, it's a were you expecting hat. a slam poetry session <laughs> that was about to bust out? In the middle of quarantine? And the answer is yes, I am expecting, yeah, I'm expecting the Muslim poetry session, uh, Los Bukis del Norte at any moment. <laughs> you never know when they might pop up. To be fair, I, I, this being on a podcast, like this is my getting ready, like getting ready and going out moment. Like I, sh great. I showered for this. I, you know, I, I washed my hair. I, I used hairspray. So I've also showered. I've also done all this, but I do have to confess that I am wearing, um, I don't know if you can see, but I'm wearing a bathing suit. Amazing. It has roosters on it. So <laughs> it's really in case I need to go for a swim with the slime poetry guests. You know, this is what I'm going to do. You're ready. You're ready. 
I'm standing, so it's a little bit harder for me to get my legs up, but I am... Don't worry about usually it. I You're am, pantless, I understand. I am underwear. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You're Donald Duck, understood. Yeah, Which I've it. said to guests before, uh, and it always, it, it never goes as planned. So I'm glad that you started with saying that you're wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I don't think I've worn actual, I've, I've legit worn like dress shirts with like shorts. <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, why, why Why would anybody bother? Yeah, I mean, I can either be formal or be a happy person, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. You're in the right headspace. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Normally, I start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Right, yes. So, coffee. I absolutely hate coffee. Oh, wow, I, that one hurts. But I'll tell you that why. I'm sorry. And also, like, I come from Guatemala, dude, which mm-hmm. has incredible coffee, so it's really, it's a reason why I have to live in the States, because they won't let me back in after I just made that sweet <laughs> Yeah, there's no way you can go back, ever. They've just revoked my citizenship, but it's because it puts me in brain jail. Like, I drink coffee, and I get hella paranoid, like, anxiety, like, like sips of coffee entirely. Right. In fact, one time, we were, we were shooting Broad City and Alana's assistant did a coffee run and I was like, you know what? Let me be a part of it. Just one of the crew, you know? And so I was like, let me get a decaf uh, ice latte. Uh-huh. He confused the order and got a double shot of uh, espresso. Oh, no. I have never acted this fast in my life. <laughs> we did a take, and then they're like, Arturo, uh, great. So can we uh, understand what you're saying next time? Would you? Would that be? I was like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Especially with the accent, it was like, it took a few right, takes right. to get off that one. It's just a character choice, you know? I don't hate coffee as a concept. I hate what it does to me. Oh, yeah. There. I would say, I mean, I, I literally have my, my cup that I will be sipping from uh, as we speak. Uh, That's good that you're just sipping on my kryptonite. Why don't I just bring back a a painful childhood memory of yours and just start playing with it while we talk? I would say, yeah, that's totally fine. You could bring up, you know, I'm afraid of clowns. You want to, you know, just like have a clown over and bust out the scary clown outfit. No, I mean, (laughs) I as as someone who drinks a copious amount of coffee every day, it's not something that I enjoy. Like, it's very much the relationship of like a man who has me held captive in a basement, (laughs) and And now you have Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Love your cup. I, I was actually just thinking as I went to pour the cup beforehand, because normally I'll make like a pot of coffee in the morning. And I used to at the beginning of quarantine or like pre-quarantine, I would drink the entire pot of coffee and then go to Starbucks and get like a venti Starbucks for the afternoon. <laughs> so not healthy is what I'm saying. Do you feel like you needed to wake up? Have you gotten to the point where it's like, oh, if I haven't had my coffee, nobody talked to me? Yeah, thing? it's not just like waking up in the morning. It's like staying awake throughout the It's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's an on button and an off button. And unless I'm drinking a caffeine, it's off. So this is your intervention, actually. <laughs> we actually have your family on the let's guys, let's uh, let's let's get on. So what I was thinking before I I came on and and I was pouring my cup of coffee was that it's now I'm in New York. It's like four, four p.m. here. And this is me finishing the pot of coffee that I made in the morning, which is pretty big for me, actually. There we say progress. Yes, I we think dare. so. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Congratulations. Yeah. I, you know, this was a long tirade for for me to just say, <laughs> I'm weeding myself off of coffee. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this. I'm glad I was here to serve that purpose. I was so struck by you saying you hate coffee. <laughs> Sorry, dude. It's it's not personal. I promise. 
But that was one of them. You you said that you had uh, more or another. It's not that I hate like almond milk or like soy milk or mm-hmm. like I get it. I drink it like. But I'm just saying it's a like we're are we getting a little exaggerated with like how many things we're making milk out of? You know, like it's like I think we should stop it. And it's because a a, a green thing called soy was being magically turned into into mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. I think the other. The other inanimate objects got ambitious and they're like, you know what? I can do this too. And I'm just saying, if we allow it to continue, where does it stop? Like, yeah. where do like flour milk, like, what is it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fedora milk, fedora hat milk. I don't know, you know? I just want us to, it's like AI, you know, you just want to regulate it as it's growing. Otherwise, it's going to take over the world. <laughs> Alternative milk is going to take over the world. And that, that is a fear that I have daily. And I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> right, right. Before we know it, alternative milks will be like deciding elections and exactly, yeah, exactly corrupting yeah. our elders' minds. <laughs> um, if anything, I feel guilted into wanting to participate in the like alternative milk culture. Understood, and I'm with you. And I drink oat milk. In fact, yeah. I'm just saying it's not that I hate it. I'm just saying we need to we need to pay attention to how many things we're making milk. Out yeah, of. I feel the same way about flour. Like the <laughs> essentially, you're just grinding stuff up until it's a powder, but calling it flour, and it's just like okay, a quinoa flour. It's like craft beer, you know. It's like how like are we? When do will we stop out hopping each other? You know, everybody like. I know that makes craft beer. It's just like, do you taste the hoppiness? Yes, it's so, like it's just like you know, it'll, it'll get hoppy to the point where it'll burn my tongue, and then it's, that's going to be the perfect craft beer. Again, not hating on it. I'm just saying, let's pay attention to it because otherwise, it's going to rule elections. You made it sound as if you know multiple people who are making craft beer. So you, you I'm wearing a fedora <laughs> and like sh- uh, like vintage <laughs> like bathing suit. Like yes, this is like my main demographic <laughs> that I hang out with. That's true. I should have just assumed by osmosis. I've just absorbed this. Like, hipster dumb that is choking me with like uh, my genuine what I'm on is it's trying to come out and it's all this you know all this Williamsburg living is just really <laughs> it's just really transformed me I don't know who I am anymore yeah because of all the craft beer around me yeah <laughs> are you based in uh, in New York LA now okay I okay. lived in New York 15 years and mm-hmm. I still consider it my heart home but I, I moved to LA last year before the pandemic actually right I moved to Silver Lake, which is as close to Brooklyn as I could find in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I miss New York, you know, I'll definitely go back this year. But like New York is like, you know, it's what made it's who made my character. I moved there when I was 19 straight from Guatemala and it gave me my dreams, you know, and and my character. Right. I also love that you said you're bucking stereotypes by uh, identifying as sucking at dancing and uh, not liking spicy foods. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it's not that I'm like, I just don't, I'm not good, very good at either of those. Yeah, like Same. until I moved to the States, I didn't realize that I was different, you know, because, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, uh-huh, I grew up uh-huh. with a bunch of people that looked like me and like, you know, like whatever, like, you know, I couldn't, I, I was the worst dancer than most of them. But but then I realized when I moved to the States that they were sort of uh, these uh, preconceived notions of, of, as to what you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I realized I, fu- I found it hard to fit into any of them because it wasn't uh, just my experience. I was just, you know, I was just myself. I don't know any other way to be, you right. know, and uh, I felt like there was definitely pressure of like, wait, but what are you? Where, where do you fall within this, these like boxes that we plant? And it's like, that's sort of what, what Alternatino was about as well, was about taking these stereotypes, exaggerating them, 
And when you look at them, you're like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my point has been proven, you know? I, I noticed from stalking on Instagram that, yeah, you've been in New Zealand for, how long were you there this year? Like three and change months. It's what a magical land of, of uh, COVID-free goodness. Yeah. Did it just not exist at all? It, dude, I, you know what I felt like? I felt like I was from the future and I had some really terrible news for everybody. I was like, I was like, oh my God, you guys have no idea. I want to protect you from this. Yeah, it's wild. I went to a concert with 40,000 people and oh. I was, I was spending more time looking at the people than watching the concert because yeah. I was, I was just so enthralled in, in, in the things that we've all missed so much, you know? Yeah. I went to the, for my first act was to go grocery shopping maskless and I just couldn't, like Kiwis were like, chill the fuck out, man. And I was like, but all this hair product, I can touch it without <laughs> gloves, you know? Um, I don't yeah. know why it sounded like that the entire time I was in Kiwi land. I was just, oh my God. No, that's what I'll sound like the second I get to go just raw into a grocery store. And to add to that, you're in this country that is just breathtakingly beautiful. Beautiful. Like it's like literally, it's like chill out, New Zealand. Like calm down. Like you're all right. <laughs> like, like we get it. You're yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Stop rubbing it in our faces. I'm just uh, fascinated by New Zealand. And uh, did the production that you were on it was specifically choose to go there because it was COVID free? Yeah, we started shooting in in LA in uh, February of last year, mm-hmm. and then uh, pandemic happened, and we had to shut down. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is the writer and creator of the show. Mm-hmm. Sweetest human being in the world, like walking angel guy. I'm like, you've been like famous for this long since you're a child and you're, uh, you're, you're a well-adjusted human being. That is a feat <laughs> in and of itself. Holy macaroni. And he called me one day and he's like, what do you like? What do you think if we do this in New Zealand? And I was like, rock and roll. Yeah. And, and you know what I love about the character there is the same thing I love about the character on Yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's like these characters, uh, and Yesterday does this very well as well, where they just happen to be Latin or they just happen to be X, Y, or, 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 or X, Y, or Z. X, Y, C? Yeah. Sure, sure. X, Y, or C, ethnicity. <laughs> and it, it doesn't, it's not this big deal, you know? It's not like a, the story of the tragedy of being Latin. It's just uh, these people, this family is a multicultural family on yesterday. It, on Mr. Corman, I'm his best friend from high school. Mm-hmm. And we live together now in our mid-30s. And I just happen to be Latin, you know? It was really, I, I love that I'm seeing some trends towards the normalization of, of representation, which is really what... I have found to be the, the the truth. You know, my friends are of all different walks of life, you know, and, and Broad City did it very well as well, you know? Yeah. Like uh, interracial couples or, uh, you know, high homosexuality. It was never, there was never an episode about it. Right. Where we had to talk to the audience about it. It was just, that's who your friends were. They're... they're all shapes and sizes, you know? And I, I love that about Yesterday and Mr. Corman as well. Yeah, that seems, I was thinking about that in terms of a lot of like LGBT stories, for for a while, we're like, if we got them at all, it was, uh, okay, this person came out and then got kicked out of their family, or they never came out and died alone, yeah. or uh, they came out and lived openly and then got sick and died. <laughs> right. Which, which uh, they, they also exist, these stories. Also, the immigrant story, right. which is tragic, they, they do. But, but it's so much more, the gamut of it is so much more uh, broad and specific in, in the culture, which is... 
I, I don't mean to put words into your mouth, but do you, is that what you felt? Like, that, yeah. Do you feel more represented now than you did back then? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and part of like tension is the wrong word, but part of the, the struggle now is like we've sort of progressed so fast that it's like now people are sick of those kinds. Not sick, but it's like, okay, don't just give us the sad stuff. Don't just give us the like hardcore, oh, you know, this is yeah. tragic. Um, it's let's see what are other versions of this story that are very true to life as well. Right. And then that don't are in a, as struggle based as they are a normal day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter who you love, you can still be a completely anxious driven person. So <laughs> focus focus on the anxiety instead exactly. of you know we've covered, you know, what we all grew up watching about mm -hmm. our experiences on TV. And now it's cool to like get a little more colorful with it, you know? Right. Uh, I also noticed you're working out pretty hard, not to get too uh, uh, personal. Right. <laughs> you know, it was just a thing that it happened, man. Like I was, I, I quarantined by myself. Mm -hmm. I was by myself most of the pandemic. And uh, I learned how to cook, which was cool. But also I just wanted to see how far I could take it. I didn't take any like steroids or anything right, like, right. besides protein or whatever. But I, there is something about having a win per day sort of thing. That sort of yeah. feeling of working towards something. But then the thing is, I had to get back to pre-pandemic uh, shape, which was no shape at all, you know, which I was happy to do. Don't get me wrong. Dude, it's not like I love working out or like, you know, no, I, the reason I did it is because I love eating everything that is in front of me at all times. Yeah, so I yeah. was like figuring, you know, I, I was A, bored, B, wanted to have some sense of purpose and C, I've freaking love Nutella with my whole heart. So yeah, those three things yeah. got in. <laughs> yeah, I, it is, it, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, because people associate you with either comedy or narcos or something like mm -hmm. this. And then mm -hmm. suddenly like, you're, you're posting these unintentional thirst traps and uh, you feel like a douche. You do feel like, a, uh, you, you feel like an idiot posting it, but you're also proud of the results, you know? And I don't know. It was right, a weird right. thing to navigate. I will say I've been in the same boat. My, my muscles aren't popping quite as much as yours. Um, but you've been in yet. the same boat. Have you been, have you been on a bit of a workout kick? I've been on a fitness kick. Yeah. And, um, I've been working out and I, I posted some, some scandalous pictures, not oh, scandalous, awesome. but you know, didn't it feel a little nice though? That didn't it feel like the, the, the feedback that you feel like you it's not, you're not trying to, for people to be like, Oh my God, you're so hot. But like somebody being like, dude, good job. You did a thing. You did Right, to, yeah. right. It's not even about, yeah, it's it's more about like, oh, I did something, I stuck to it, I like, you know, it's 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 that type of sense of accomplishment. Yeah, pandemic people went all sorts of different uh, directions, and thankfully I, I had that. Yeah. Otherwise it would have been just addicted to White Claw, which I also was during pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> love White Claw. I love White Claw. I have the, I have the alcoholic taste of... Uh -huh. uh, Divorcee from Laguna Beach, you know? Yeah, that says, it sounds like I'm it. like, that give is... me that Chardonnay, give me that sparkling rose, 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 you know? I was doing like, uh, I was doing like uh, White Claw smoothies and with acai and shit. No, I went deep. I went deep down that That is the like hole. healthy choice, I suppose. That is the, the nutritional, as uh, if you're going to do it. It's like soda water that gets you a little tipsy. It has a little bit of flavoring. I'm like, what, what, what's the hate about that? <laughs> I literally did. I'm surrounded by bottles of alcohol that I have in my, my little studio because oh, I was doing great. another show. And it's all just hard liquor. What's your, what's your poison? 
I actually love a uh, a whiskey drink, mostly because I, I at some point was like whiskey is the one alcohol that I can sort of just drink on its own right. uh, without adding too much to it. I like the taste of it or I've acquired it. And right. uh, therefore, it's the healthiest because... I'm getting the the most kind of alcohol per person. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a tequila guy myself. You know, I don't shoot it. I, I sip it like a you know, like right. a, I, I enjoy the taste Adult. and I enjoy the upper. Yeah, I'd say so. But I, um, you know, people when when you're in New Zealand and you're out to dinner, you're like, oh, I'll have a tequila soda, and then everybody's like, whoa, whoa, oh, you're I mate, like you know. And it's like the problem with whiskey and ice, like it 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 makes me a little sleepy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you have that moment where you like? Storm out, like, out of your office and go look out the window and sip on your whiskey and forlornly, forlornly touch the window pane or not? Yeah, like my Mad Men kind exactly. of... Exactly. That, yeah, that moment where I'm just sitting and swirling. No, if anything, so the problem for me is that I, uh, I, I don't have the ability to just, like, sip a drink. If, right. And that goes for any, if like food, drink, I consume it very quickly. If it's in front of me, I want it, I want it down. So, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is not even, it's speak not your even truth, like, brother, you speak your truth. We're here. We're, let's, let's get it all. It out. would make sense if I came from a family of like 20 siblings and we all like, I was fighting for scraps of food as a child. And now I feel like I have to eat everything super fast or else. Um, no, I just am a fast eater. Yeah, I got you, man. So yeah, it's it's gonna be dangerous when I we're allowed back out in the world. Anyway, anyway. Um, well, we're getting we're getting close to the end, so I do want to talk about yesterday. Uh, if you would like to give the people uh, a summary, I guess what's the elevator pitch? Sure. Um, yesterday, you know, as parents, you get so caught up. I'm not preparing myself, but like with my nephew, so you, you get so caught up in saying no, no, no all the time because you're trying mm-hmm. to keep him safe that in yesterday, uh, the parents decide to give the kids a day where the parents can't say no at all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hijinks ensue. And it's a, a really uh, heartwarming, funny, pleasant film to watch, man. For an hour and a half, you will just feel good. And then you can go back to the very heady dramas that I'm producing for for all of you to consume. Um, and then Jen Gardner and... Uh, Jen Gardner. I just want to be clear. We're, <laughs> well, I, well, I called her Jennifer once. She's like, don't call me Jennifer. And I was like, wait, sorry. Uh, uh, no, but her and Edgar Ramirez, Edgar, uh, I've been a big fan of both of them for the longest time. And they just made me feel incredibly welcome and at home and created a really safe space for me to try a bunch of stuff. And let me like, you know, improvise a bunch of stuff and then made it into the film. And I am thrilled. I am I'm also elated because my family in Guatemala hardly ever gets to see stuff that I do. You know, uh, they don't have Comedy Central in Guatemala. They don't, you know, and um, this movie being Netflix, like, you know, 53 million homes saw it or something in the first week, which is insane. Right. And then they get to see, uh, you know, they get to see we have fun with with these incredible actors that I've admired my whole life. I also imagine working on like a family movie that is the tone of which is, like you said, not cynical and is is nice and friendly. I was trying to cause behind the scenes drama just to get it edgy. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Jen, yeah. Jen. Uh, did you see Edgar took the last piece of toast? He said it was you. Discuss. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what yesterday is. And so if you're looking for an hour and a half of your time where you just want to smile and like have in particular, like I, I don't do a lot of work where 
like kids in my family can see it, you know, without having to explain a bunch yeah. of stuff. Um, so it's, it's cool to be able to do that. Amazing. Well, where can people find you in addition to, you know, going and, and watching yesterday? Yeah. Arturo Castro P on Instagram and I'm hardly ever on Twitter, but you can find me there. But definitely look, uh, watch yesterday, uh, watch Room 104 on HBO, my HE episode, and look out for Mr. Corman coming um, coming this summer on Apple TV. I'm so proud of this show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, man, for, for having me. Let's, let's go work out sometime, man. You know, <laughs> let's just go for a workout sometime, okay? All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Uh, Let's see, what are we highlighting this week? Well, weed is fully legal in New York now. Hooray, hooray. Great for my plans for Stone Girl Summer. Mm. My thighs... And ash cheeks will be fully out. (laughs) So will my brain cells. But it's tricky. We don't really talk about this enough. Uh, Even though marijuana is now fully legal in a whole bunch of states, decriminalized in a whole bunch of other states, a vast majority of Americans believe it to be legal, all of these things, it's still technically illegal federally. Uh, and the federal government has still not come out for legalization nationwide, nor has it come out for expunging the records of people with felonies related to drug use and distribution. And of course, the criminalization of marijuana has uh, historically targeted black people. So uh, a 2020 analysis by the ACLU uh, said that in every single state, black people were more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. In some states, black people were up to six, eight, or almost 10 times more likely to be arrested. So what do we do about this? One way is to put more pressure on the Biden administration to actually follow through on their commitment to uh, expunge marijuana records. There is uh, an organization called Normal, N-O-R-M-L, spell like normal without the A, that we can link to that is um, primarily like a cannabis legalization advocacy group, but they have like petitions and ways to urge your representatives to get on board with different legislation that would not only legalize it nationally, but put in place policies that would support businesses, independent businesses, black owned businesses to be able to set up shop and get licenses and things like that, that are not historically easy to do. But also if you live somewhere where you can buy cannabis legally, uh, buy it from black owned businesses. That's a really easy way to do buy, go buy drugs. Kids is what I'm saying. And luckily, uh, there's a very helpful article on the best Black-owned CBD and cannabis companies that we'll link to. Love it. All right. Let's talk about TV. Barry, what are you watching this week? So, um... First of all, I just want to acknowledge for all my Riverdale fans out there, which thank you so much for DMing me. The fact that all of you have been DMing me has made this season, which has been insane, uh, so much better. It's been so fun to talk about it with all of you, which is why I'm heartbroken that they're going on a three month hiatus. But thankfully, there's a new show on HBO Max that I just started watching um, that has absolutely nothing to do with Riverdale. And I'm super excited. I started watching it. I'm two episodes in. Made for Love. Have you heard of it? No. It's super good so far. It's like 
fun and funny and weird and and like I don't know it just it's really good it's it's a dark comedy and it's basically about like a big tech guy like owner of Google kind of thing who starts this program where you implant a chip into the brain of your spouse like you both do that and then you like share each other's thoughts and the first people to do it are him and his wife but really he only puts the chip in her brain. Um, and she's like, fuck, I got to get out of this. And she's like trying to escape. Um, but it, that makes it sound like it's like a thriller, like handmaid's tale style. And it's not like that. It's, it's like very fast paced. It's a half hour. Um, Ray Romano is also in it. (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) and I'm really enjoying it so far. I am going to watch it. What about you? The show I've been watching, very similar, about a woman um, married to a tech billionaire who implants a chip into her brain, and it's called The Nanny. (gasps) (laughs) You're watching The Nanny? Famously, uh, The Nanny dropped on HBO Max, and uh, I never watched any of The Nanny. Oh my god, it was my childhood! That actually is my chase of this week has to do with the nanny. I mean, I only, I only watched a few episodes so far, but I'm I'm in. Ugh. I've opened the door. This makes me so happy. Well, I mean, this perfectly leads into my chaser, which uh, has to do with the nanny, because my sister and I loved the nanny growing up. Like when I think of the nanny, I think of my sister. She was like our fashion inspiration. People in my family think that I look like the little girl on the nanny. It was just like a lot of Jewish love for that show. And then my sister, as everyone here knows, had a baby, the most perfect, beautiful, cutest baby in the whole wide world. And... My sister started watching The Nanny on HBO Max, and every time the intro comes on, Sarah, my niece, like, looks up and, like, gets alert and, like, is fascinated and captivated by it to the point where, like, my sister and I were FaceTiming and she was trying to figure out and Sarah was, like, distracted and, like, not paying attention to anything. And then the second the intro came on, her her whole face just, like, lit up and she looked at the screen <laughs> and I was able to record it. And I've watched that video of her getting excited about the nanny theme song like a hundred times this week. It has brought me so much joy. (laughs) I did post it on Instagram. I love it so much. I was just like, this is, this is your daughter. Like our love of the nanny is genetic. Our love of Fran Drescher is genetic. And it, it really made me happy. I haven't actually gone back and started watching the nanny, but I'm sure that I will be doing that in the coming weeks. It's good. It's like the perfect level of, like, I don't have to think too hard. <laughs> it's just a sitcom. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just a sitcom with some really fucking great clothes. Yeah. I love it. What is your chaser this week? My chaser is uh, someone who has been doing a, a whole lot in the last couple of weeks. And we haven't talked about him. And that is Lil Nas X. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just... I think at this point, if you haven't seen the music video for Call Me By Your Name, Montero's, the the, the, the official title, Call Me By Your Name. Right, right. Uh, if, I mean, if you haven't seen the music video, I I don't know what to tell you. You're, you've, you've missed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. He twerks on Satan. <laughs> it is beautiful. <laughs> it's gotten Fox News so mad. But it's mostly just like the last two weeks. And it, just this past week... He, uh, like it officially went number one. It's number one in like a shitload of countries. And I really, the thing that is bringing me so much joy is like his, his 
presence on the internet, like Twitter, Instagram, the way that he posts so like unapologetically. I can't imagine that he is completely unaffected by like the backlash, quote unquote. Like, yeah, I think no, that, no. Yeah. But it, I mean, the, the joke is that he is a barb, which is the name for like Nicki Minaj super fans. And that, like, he was raised on the internet to be, like, a vicious teen. (laughs) And that, like, nobody should even try crossing him because you will be destroyed. And he has lived up to that reputation. But also just the way that he posts about being, like, growing up queer, never really thinking that he would be, like, telling himself, uh, I I don't want to be, like, that type of gay in his words, or like, um, you know, that I would have to hide this part of myself. And now he has a song about fucking a guy (laughs) uh, and a music video (laughs) where he twerks on Satan. That is number one. (laughs) And like, it is pretty incredible. And the fact that like, he was so well known for this one song and like, obviously had a fear that it would only be like this one hit and to have a second hit. And right. it's just like a heartwarming to watch. I love it. Yeah, I really do. I'm happy for him. Good for Lil Nas X. And that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode. You'll get video of extended guest complainer interviews, a bunch of other fun stuff. You can also buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. Obviously, also head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts, hit that subscribe button that rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford Penguin, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Onsdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. Come me when you want. Come me when you need. Come me when you